Good morning, Rock Bible Church. Remember me? <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> uh, wow, what a what a um, great couple weeks. Uh, it is good to be home. By the way, uh, I love everywhere we went and all that we did, which I'll get into here in a second. Um, but there's not there's no place like home, right? There's no place that I think I'm supposed to. No place like home. Um, it was it was uh, great uh, for those of you who are n- not uh, in the know. Uh, my my middle son was married on July third down in Paso Robles, and it was uh, I'm not sure it actually happened. I was there apparently, but it's all a dream. And I have some pictures. Um, I'm not sure which order. This is this is proof that there's no water shortage in Paso Robles. Um, this is the the three the two boys and I so the the three boys in the family um, and we're all we've all lost it at this point and uh, and just trying to hold ourselves together she hasn't even arrived yet like this is she hasn't even walked down the aisle we're just trying to compose ourselves um, so this is kind of a just a microcosm of really the whole day and uh, you can see how bright and sunny and everything just a great venue the whole thing. Uh, my greatest uh, appreciation to the OC family, Grace's um, family. And so, uh, weirdest thing, like after the honeymoon, they came home and on their way down to go back down, they, they stayed at our house. It was really weird. I just, I don't know how to get used to that. And so, uh, so that was right, right before the ceremony. And then this, this is uh, at, at the reception, their first uh, meal together, um, other than communion we did during the ceremony but uh this is the mr and mrs berglund so there you go uh <clears throat> hey good job clapping too because they might be watching this morning i don't know we'll see um and then of course then the party and uh there's a little piece of the m- mother-son dance which um well, well we'll get into it a little bit later if i can those are the three uh, pictures you get to see today. Um, so it was it was just great. And then uh, then this last week, uh, the family and I just had a pre-planned family vacation prior to the engagement or the wedding or anything. So they slipped the wedding in there, and then and then we spent a few days up in the hills. No phone reception, no roads, no fences. Which I'm I think I've developed a new policy on no fences, like just period. Right, so that was kind of great, and uh, got got to recover, recoup, and um, and now I'm back, and uh, really thankful to Mark Campbell. Two weeks, uh, two Sundays ago, uh, came in here, talked about freedom. Uh, I listened to the whole thing. Um, you know now, if you listened, why he's a favorite of mine, and you know why we have him here uh, as often as we can get him. Um, and it was just great, um, Mark. If I could just say to you directly, um, your ministry. And everything you're doing, amazing. And uh, just love the way he did a summary of kind of the Old Testament story in a lot of ways. And um, the idea that God drops things at our feet and we don't know what to do with it. Um, so if you missed that, I hope you go back and catch it. And um, and then last week, uh, Brent, thank you Brent for uh, not just covering, but uh, getting us started and launched into a new series in the book of James. And uh, kicked off uh, 
James with James chapter 1, verse 1, and, and that's what we're going to keep doing here for the next few weeks, couple months maybe. Uh, we're going to finish uh, James 1 today, the, the section at the end, 19 through uh, 27. It is, I believe. So uh, let's get going, and I'll try to sprinkle in some stories uh, from the last few days, and we'll, we'll see if I, I don't know, what's the over-under on how many times I lose it today? Is there, is there a betting line somewhere? Seven, yeah, that's the perfect number, right? Good job, your church, all right. All right, let's pray and uh, ask you, Lord, to, to bless this time, and may this be a worship service, first and foremost, that brings honor and glory to you. Thanks for the experiences we get to have and the faith and trust we can put in you to be there always. And I thank you for uh, giving us a uniform and letting us be on the team, letting us play on the field. And I thank you for this book, for James, and how it's directed exactly at that, at us. We thank you for uh, the opportunity, Lord, to engage more, to work on ourselves, uh, all as we draw honor and attention to you and your son. We thank you for him and his work finished on the cross and the freedoms that it gives us from that day forward. Pray, Lord, that we would live in that freedom, as Mark talked about two weeks ago. And then pray, Lord, that we would do it with wisdom, as Brent talked about last week. And pray, Lord, you give us more today. We pray this all in your son Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, we are James chapter 1, verse 19. Uh, I want to point out what something that Brent made really clear last week, and this is this idea that um, it's really all kind of based in wisdom. His final point was that we land on wisdom, basically. He said it a little differently than that. Um, but uh, wisdom, when it's given to us through Scripture... Who's it directed at? Well, let's eliminate God right off the bat, right? Does he need wisdom? No, he already has it, right? So wisdom's given to us as kind of our goal, our projection, what we're supposed to pursue. Is that something we're supposed to go around, you know, shaking other people and make, hey, are you being wise? Or is wisdom really something that's meant to come at us and say, hey, you practice wisdom yourself? Uh, for me, it was, it was really obvious as I looked through last week and preparation for this week, and then the stuff that I looked at this week, the whole of chapter one, everything Brent shared and everything we're going to talk about today, I want you to recognize that your neighbor does not exist in this chapter. It's all about you. It's God and you, God's, and through James, obviously, and I love Brent pointed out, it's most likely Jesus' half-brother, uh, basically pointing at you, pointing at me. Not how I interact with my neighbor or how I should view my neighbor or should I judge or any of that. No, that's not the interactive part. It's you, what's in you. Are you being wise? Um, and I love this book um, on a personal level because when I was uh, in high school, junior high, uh, at Neighborhood Church of Castro Valley, Pastor Larry Vold at the time, right? Now we've put in all the disclaimers. Um, they, had a, they had me do this uh, little experiment, read through the book of James every single day for a month. And then we would talk about it and study the whole thing. It was, it was really kind of an interesting thing. So um, truth be told, 
<clears throat> I said to Brent a couple weeks ago, hey, I'm going to be gone. You know the list of books we've covered and the ones we haven't, and you've seen kind of what we do. If you want to pick a book, pick a book. Uh, Brent picked this book. I'm super excited about it because uh, it lets me work on me. Uh, you guys want to come along for the ride? Okay, because you're going to work on you, and I'm going to come along on that ride too. All right, so here we go. Uh, so know this, my beloved brothers. This is, this is kind of in conclusion of the first 18 verses. If we're leading up to wisdom, and right, then, then here's where you should land with that wisdom. Let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Everybody get it? Okay, good. Let's, let's pray and we'll be done. You can all go home. All right? Uh, this, is, um, this is directly at current culture, right? Quick to hear. Who does that? Did you hear me? Okay. Who does quick to hear? When you find them, can you introduce them to me? Uh, I, I fail at that one. Uh, slow to speak. Who does that? Especially you. Right? No, I mean, you spoke up. It was not a commentary on the rest of your life. You just spoke up in the service. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. Hey, by the way, I was talking to Mark, and uh, he said, hey, are, are the people going to interact with me? So thanks for interacting with him. That was fun. That was good. Um, and slow to anger. Who does that? Everybody in the media, right? They're super slow to anger. Oh, wait, no, they start on that foot. We do the exact opposite. We're slow to hear, if we hear at all, and we speak way too much. We have, we have too many answers. Uh, I love this phrase, and I think I came up with it. This was years ago, decade plus ago. I want to have more questions than answers. I think it's brilliant. Because naturally, I try to have more answers than questions. And I think I'm trying to fight that because I got a verse here. This is quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. You've heard the whole one, well, you have two ears and one mouth. Like a math sign. You should listen more, twice as much as you speak. Right? Here's the problem. If everybody did that, there's still too much talking in the room. What are you talking about? It's a more complex math equation. You'd have to figure it out. It has variables involved. But if everybody speaks half the time and you're trying to listen twice as much, there's too much talking going on still. Like if every person got equal time this morning, how long would one person get to talk? Three minutes? Two minutes? Maybe less? How much time would you spend listening? Oh, 48 minutes? Something like that. So this pulls out kind of an idea, and it's, it's really your first fill-in. I think this is a new Rock Bible Church record for how fast we got to the first fill-in. Okay, normally you hold them to the end, but I want us to see something that we're going we're gonna to have to look back and catch from what got covered last week. We're going to have to see it in this, and it's going to start to come out um, in a couple more places, especially as we get through all five chapters of the book. But it's this idea that input outperforms output. Input outperforms output for righteousness. What are you saying? Well, think about this. Most of us 
are defining things based on output. Well, what was the return on the investment? You know, at the end of the day, you know that phrase people always use that you hear, right? What happened? Um, how good are they at this? Was that a bad decision? That's all output. How much do they make? What do they drive? What's their hair look like? Or do they have any output up here? Right? Um, it's, it's this thing where we think what we produce, what we decide, what we accomplish, how efficient we are, that that's the value. You look at what James has said, what he says right here, and what he's going to say as we continue to study. God's not really interested in your output and what you produce and how capable you are. I love this. This has freed me in so many ways. I need not be perfect. Uh, I need not be best pastor ever. I need not be best dad ever. I just need be me. Why? Because average Scott is the one he designed and created. It's glorious. I do this um, experiment once in a while or illustration with you, like sometimes here. Um, how much does God need you? I know this one's going to hurt a little bit. How much does he need you? None. Thank you, coach. Right? Some of them were a little nervous to say that. Somebody had to say it out loud. Right? I love that most of you were slow to speak right there. It's like you're reading the verse. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, he doesn't need us. When it comes to efficiency or production or output, doesn't need us. Um, will he accept us if we produce nothing? Isn't that weird? Which part? That only two people answered that? Or that that's the right answer? You like both. Thank you. Um, we're, we're being deceived, folks. We're being deceived by culture. We're being deceived by interpersonal relationships. Uh, we're de being deceived by our inner desires, our fears, our emotions. Uh, we're being deceived by our own logic. Okay, look back to the series we did on Haggai. Our logic gets us in trouble. Um, what we produce, our output, it's not what he wants us to focus on. He says, quick to hear. That output or input? That's input. That's hearing other people. Why would you do that? I mean, most of the people I listen to are wrong, right? Most of the people you listen to are wrong, right? Why do we keep interacting with them? Oh man, are we, we've moved beyond kindergarten level, haven't we? It's called forced interaction, folks. It's what my family calls forced family fun time. None of us are perfect, but we interact anyways. Why? Get to know each other. Maybe have some fun. We might produce something, only usually we don't. Right? Work day at the Bergen family. House looks the same at the end as it did when we started. Slow to speak. What are we reducing? We're reducing our output. Right? And slow to anger. What's the problem with anger? We... We act out. We get angry. We act out. And here's the thing. I love this. Psychologists taught me this. Anger is a secondary emotion. 
If you're, do you know what this is? Anger is a secondary emotion. You get angry, why? Based on another emotion. Uh, something else didn't go the way you want, and based on that sadness or fear or something else, loss, boom, we go to second step is anger. Anger is an output. Let's deal with the input. What brought you to sad in the first place? Why do you fear loss? Why are you happy? What does true gain look like? You could actually do this. Now, as a teenager, I read this every day for 30 days. And I think to myself, well, sounds great. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. I don't see that anywhere, and I'm pretty sure I can't do it. But at least that's the goal. I'll try it. I know I'll never get there, but I'm going to always be on that path of trying to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Have you ever really believed that it's possible that enough input in you could cause change? Right? Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone who opens the door and lets me in. Jesus say, Whoever builds a really cool door so that they can get out of the house, then we'll go travel together. No. He's about in. Right? God dwells in the temple, right? God dwells in our hearts. What's inside of a man is what defiles. Like God is all concerned about the inside rather than the outside. What a freeing thing. Uh, you can kind of look however you want, dress how you want, do what you want now, right? So long as it works on your inside. That's a, that's a great freeing thing it should be for us because now we're really hitting wisdom james says look we're, we're going towards wisdom now know this work on input uh, some of us need to stop doing output stop being efficient just weird it's the weirdest thing when i don't do something someone else does you figure this out? If I don't do something, probably someone else will. What's that do for them? If it's the first time they've done it, might be a great learning curve. Uh, if it's second or third time, might just be building confidence. If they've done it a bunch of times and they're really good at it, they got to provide something. Any of those that I watch after I did nothing, and let them do. What's that do for my inside when I view them? This is weird, folks. I'm not sure you figured this out, but that actually says, love your neighbor. What? I thought you said neighbor wasn't in this whole passage. I did. I did. There's an equation that gets you to love your neighbor. That's work on yourself. Why? Because verse 20, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Oh, wait, there is output? Yes. Bad news on this output, though. This type of output, it's, it's really inner, right? When, when you produce the righteousness of God, you know, this is your job. The implied job description for you now, 
Yeah, you're a righteousness of God producer. Okay? How do you do that? You work on self. You work on what's your input. Uh, what podcasts are you listening to? Uh, what scripture do you get? When? Um, what voices? What are the voices you listen to? Uh, what are the ones you should not listen to? Uh, when you hear something and you know it's wrong, do you label it as wrong? And say, I, I can hear that without accepting it. It was like Plato or Aristotle or Socrates. It's one of those because all of their phrases are all mixed up, right? Nobody really knows which of the three said any of this stuff, right? That's my official position on it. I said the sign of maturity is the ability to entertain an idea without having to accept it. Whoa. I can be strong enough inside in my input to be grounded and founded and therefore now nothing is a threat from the outside. That's glorious. That's me working on my righteousness, which is what? Me being like God. Right? Does that mean you're good at pulling teeth? Doesn't. Maybe you've never pulled a tooth. Right? And think about this. When it comes to pulling teeth, when you go to your dentist, what, what do you want to know for sure? This is really simpleton. Okay? The answer is super simple. So dumb it way down. He's done it before. Okay? There's, that's like second most important to me. Good at it is... Okay, let's move done it before to number three. Good at it is number two. Okay, we're developing this list on the fly. This is really more of a seminar. Okay, uh, what's, what's number one on my list? For the dentist? For the plumber that I let in my house to work on my pipes? For the guy who sits in the captain's chair as we take off? What do I want to know for sure about any of those ladies or dudes, whoever? Did he learn it? Does he have the input to start with? It's actually true in every way. I've never been a dad before. What am I going to do? Well, what's in you is going to be more important than have you done it before? Are you good at it? How well will you do it? This idea of us working on the inside rather than what we project out to other people. Uh, what you project out, by the way, just so you know this, most all of it is manipulative. <gasps> How dare you, Scott? So mean? No, this observation. Dr. John Tompkins said, I'm allowed to talk about what I feel, what I think, what I want, and what I observe, right? And what I observe, pretty much almost all of human output is, what was that word I used? Manipulative. You're trying to change somebody else's behavior, trying to change how they think, change how they feel. Why? So you can get something for you that you, what Tompkins said, want. Got to be real careful with the want part in that four-legged stool. All right. So uh, input, outperforms output for righteousness. If we're going towards righteousness, we're working on the inside, and we've got to stop focusing on what we produce. How good we are at things 
Uh, in fact, he wants us to listen to other people, speak to them very little, and say, ah, there's no reason to be angry about this. It's going to play out. And by the way, does God always get what he wants? Yes, he does. Right? This is how, folks, we're going to find out at the end of this section, this is how we're going to avoid being deceived ourselves. And how we're going to lead ourselves to blessing. That's coming out. All right, I just kind of gave away the end of where we're going. All right, we're reading the, the last chapter of the book before we even got to the middle. But I want you to look at the top of your outline. It says James chapter 1, verse 19 through 27. And then what does it say underneath that? Deceived or blessed? Does, is there a question mark there? There's not. Deceived or blessed? Question mark. What's the answer? What are you? Ready? Just a little inside information here. Okay, pull back the curtain. At Rock Bible Church, Pleasanton, California, 2021 and prior, we tend to ask questions that sound like either or, this or that. Compare and contrast. And almost always, when we ask that question, okay, let me give you an example. Who's better, boys or girls? Are you deceived or blessed? Both. This is not a defining thing. This is an observation. We're, we're both deceived and blessed in many different ways that overlap and interact. The question is, which will you pursue? Right? This is a great thing. 12-step program, uh, people close to me have told me about. I know some of you are like, really? I, I could have sworn you must have been in a 12-step program. I probably qualify for several of them, okay? But I haven't done them. But they talk about this idea, there's the, there's the good dog and the, or the, and the bad dog, or the good angel and the demon, and one's on either shoulder, and like, which one's going to win? The one you feed. This is that same thing. You can feed the deception and get yourself in trouble because you think you have to produce, you have to perform, you have to be smarter, make more money, have control, have influence, have more followers. Oh, it's exhausting. And at the end of the day, what we have? Loneliness. Because you've been trying to manipulate and print and build your case. And everybody will say, you're right. You win. Congratulations. See you never. I'm out. Or you can feed the blessed. This is kind of what we're talking about and how we get there. If you're more focused on how God is inputting into you than how many things you can output to serve His kingdom, well done, my good and faithful servant. Great. Is that faithful in what you produced or in your faithfulness to Him and how He was in you? Right? Love that concept. Let's move on. Uh, Anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness, rampant wickedness. Wow, is that, is that a lot of wickedness? Oh, I did. did James just write this today? Recently? And receive with meekness. Ooh. 
Is meekness a subtle reference back to people who invest more in input than output? Good guess. Good guess. Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Wait a minute. I... Do we do? Oh, we do still have a cross on the wall. I thought salvation came through Jesus and his finished work on the cross. Hanging on the cross, two uh, criminals, right? They're talking, and, and at the end he says, It is finished. Does salvation come through Christ? Faith in Christ? I have been saved by grace through faith and not as a result of works that no one should boast? That's not what that says. It says the word can save your soul. What? See, I knew the Bible was contradictory. No. No. Just your understanding of it was. If Jesus saves us, how does he do it? He did it on the cross when he died. Yes, okay. Was that the end? Or was that the beginning? It was the beginning. That was called what we call in the, in the fancy classrooms with the really smart old people with glasses and lots of letters after their name they call that justification you've been justified you're right before god now now what would you like that experience to be like now that you're justified well i want it to be righteous dude i want to have a righteous i want to have a great i want to have a sanctified relationship with i want it to go really well i'd like to refer to it as a party I like me and God. Now that I'm justified, me and God, I want us to party from now on. And I know you're not supposed to say me and God. Don't go English on me. Okay? That process, after your justification, that's called sanctification. Let's help you figure out how the system works. Let's help you enjoy it. Let's help you with the turns you make, the decisions, the way you interact with people, how you view yourself, what you think about the future, how you treat others. That's an inward process. See? God says, this is what you need to do. With humility, let's use that word because meekness is, and it's not like you're going to hear anybody say that downtown this, tomorrow. With humility, the implanted word. And I love when you get a theme that's absolutely accurate implanted implies what it's put in you oh are we inputting again it's not just receive the word well i've received the word scott i I have this bible actually it's a little extra thick it's not the biggest of font but there's so much commentary and cross references and interlinearity and i got definitions about even there's some maps i got it yeah but it is is it in you it's like this idea of um, you have a great ability to talk about God, but how good are you at talking to Him? Talking with Him. This idea of the implanted Word, this is what salvation uses as a process. This, by the way, folks, is your second fill-in. Salvation uses implanted Word. God's Word in you, right? Book of John says, "In the Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word. Who's that? Jesus. He became flesh and dwelt among us. It is the Word coming down to be in the world. 
Jesus in the world. Jesus trying to get inside. He says, here's, here's the Word. Now, do it. Like, actually apply it. Think about it. Meditate on it. Practice it. Try it. Mess it up as best you can, but at least you tried. My least favorite player on the field is the kid who had the shot and didn't take it. There's the other kid who takes the shot and it's like, it wasn't even close. You're laughing because it happens way too often, right? And that kid, they come off the field and they're like panic, like they failed and their friends are like, man, what's wrong with you? You know, all this negativity, right? Output. And I love to pull him aside and said, buddy, at least you shot. You took a shot. Nice try. And it's called practice. And that will do something within you. So rather than worry about your output, I want to know how you're doing. Input. With that player. See, we've got to get to the point where we're implanting the Word. Because it should say, could say, with meekness, receive the Word. Right? James somehow, like, so James, that um, attentive to detail guy, He's the one with charts and graphs and lists and they're in priority order and they're probably color-coded. Ugh, right? This is a detail guy. It says, receiving the Word is not enough. The fact that you have an app on your phone that can give you every English translation of the Bible doesn't mean squat, James says. Are you doing any of the translations? Well, I'm not sure which translation is the best one for me to use, Scott. Could we meet at coffee and discuss? No. No, I, I don't have time for that. Right? Anybody, anybody know me at all? Time is the one thing God stripped from me when He got me in this business. Right? Which translation should you use? Which one do you want? Which one makes sense? Which one do you gravitate to? Which one do you have? How about start there? All I have is the old King James. Great, if it'll get you started in what? The planting process. Get it in you. Start getting it in you. Because until we practice it, we're in trouble. If you, don't, if you haven't started the process, then you haven't started the process. Let that man ex- not expect to receive anything from God. Why? Not a doer. Watch what happens. Verse 22. But, this is in contrast to be doers of the Word. Not hearers only. The weird thing that has gone on when, uh, when Roman, Greek, and uh, world culture started to infiltrate Israel. Because a true Jew would never say that. If you heard it, then you're doing it. If you're doing it, you heard it, and we don't separate the two. But here comes logic and Greek culture and Romans and, oh, yes, we've got lofty ideas. And they, they've, they've started to infect Israel with this idea that you could hear stuff but not do it. But those are actually different. And they called it progress. And it really wasn't. Because the Jews had it right in the first place. If you hear it, then you do it. And if you don't do it, then guess what? You didn't really hear it. You weren't, we call it listening, right? 
Were you listening? We ask that when the kid didn't do what you told him to do, right? Did you hear me? Why do we say that? Because deep down inside, we know there's hearing and doing, and there's not. Those are the two. You don't separate them, right? There's you did or you didn't. Right? What did Panda say in Kung Fu Panda? There is do and do or do not. There is no try. Love that. Was it Yoda? Yoda and the panda, they're the same. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I know. I violated like every Star Wars fan ever. That's okay. Don't worry. I'll get the emails and the whole thing, and I won't read them. That's good. Uh, verse 23, uh, or excuse me, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Because to hear only and not do, that's deception. Because to him who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. Different verse, different book. Right? Love this. Uh, verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Ooh. Is this about output? It's about knowing who you are. But the one who looks intent into the perfect law, not just the law, perfect law, gives you confidence to do it. The law of liberty, when you follow the law, what's it give you? Freedom, reference Mark's sermon two weeks ago, right? And perseveres, sticks at it. Being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts he will be what he will be blessed doesn't that sound like a great sunday morning thing oh bless you i love the south we lived there for three years bless your heart that's usually when you were getting in trouble oh bless your heart i know you tried but man you sure missed a mark didn't you <laughs> bless your heart he will be blessed a great thing to say at church, all right? Followed by uh, just a horrible thing to say at church, right? In his doing. By the way, is this gender specific? They know. No. We started with a, uh, talking about a guy who does this, right? So uh, blessed in his doing. Where does blessing come from? Okay, good job, Heitzman. Wait, are you? Oh, no, he has hair. You're not Heitzman. We're at church, we ask a question, he says God. Where does blessing come from? God. Is he right? What does God use to dish out the blessing? Action. In his doing. So you were right. And now we know how he was right. When God tells us something and we do it, what happens? Awesome. It's a super simple concept. You either try it and it works, or you don't and it doesn't. Jeez, God, that's brilliant. I know. Brent introduced us to wisdom last week. Mark told us two weeks ago that God drops things at your feet. And then we don't know what to do with them. And the smart thing is to take the things that he drops at our feet and just take them and do something with them. Man, this stuff all ties together, apparently. Right? We have to be doing. 
We have to be doing. Amen? Verse 26, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, right? What he's doing with his output. This person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God apparently is possible, which is implied here. You can have pure, undefiled religion. How cool is that? Congratulations. A little freebie on Sunday for you. Is this. Visit orphans and widows in their affliction and keep oneself unstained from the world. Orphans. Good example, helping orphans. That's like a poster, right? That's like the poster child of doing something good, right? Uh, For widows, they, they got their own poster too for doing good stuff, right? And then all of a sudden this weird phrase, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Any guesses that this is not the comprehensive list? That like maybe we just got the two poster children for what we should be doing and then everything else falls under this other phrase of, and you know what, by the way, yeah, do the widows and the orphans for sure and then in everything else, don't get stained. What's that mean? What's possible? In every area of your life, it's possible to get what? Stained. I don't like that. I want to abstain from being stained. Right? Uh, what what's this tell us? Our input's more important than our output. Why we do something is more important than what we did. How we treat people is more than what we give them or what we don't give them. It's very, very interesting. And, it, and it's, it's James telling us, you know what? Um, it's not good enough to be a Christian. You have to act like one. He's kind of saying, are you acting like it? Do you act like it? May the Lord bless the reading of His Word. Amen? Acting like it. Here's your third fill-in. Acting like it. Jim, Jim, Jiminy. Third fill-ins. This is, my, this is Jim, and this is my other brother, Jim. Right? Acting like it protects from self-deception and leads to blessing. One of the fastest, easiest things you can do on this planet is self. And how you do self. Is it going to deceive you or it's going to bless you? If you're propping up self, you're valuing output. And you've been deceived already. Could be too late for you already. If you're doing input, you're working on self, but you're working on God's definitions. You're working on God's environment that He put you in. You're working on God's people that are around you. And how you handle that, how you look at it, is there meekness? That starts a process that leads to blessing, not output. What you get done, God doesn't care. <laughs> he built the whole world in six days. Your little, your little project down there, Scott. Yeah, that's cute. That's cute. I can do that. Snap of my fingers. 
Are you paying attention to me? You're paying attention to your project. Uh, really weird for me uh, this last week, two weeks. I've had this project I've been working on. What many of us would call my output. He just turned 20 and he just got married. Not my output. Trying to let go of that. I'd be me. I'd be me where God has called me to be the best I can be and he gotta be he. He's got his own inputs and the whole thing and I don't know. Cue screen of the three boys crying. What can you do? I realize, you know, I have no control. I've, I've, I've had, um, I've had some great moments, seasons in my life where production and output and accomplishment have been fun and cool with other people. Way stronger, bigger, ground shaking for me have been the times when God bound me, set me aside, said, stay out of this. This is mine. It's all mine. Like the Irish guy in Braveheart. All of Ireland, my island, your island. Yeah, it's mine. When God has taken me and said, this is mine. And by the way, that other thing, mine. And the other thing, mine. And you got your cute little ideas over there. Why don't you keep them over there? In fact, how about I give you these ideas? Why don't you input, input, input those and learn how to speak too? He said that too. Um, what are they putting out right there? nothing ears but what's going on inside them right there folks what goes on inside you what you act on is everything all the other out stuff outside stuff noise hey and welcome to first service extra Whoa, how well will second service enjoy this picture? Well, there's not a screen outside, Scott. First service extra. Um, what are you doing? That's the question. What are you doing? Are you hearing a doer? Have you started that process? Have you asked Christ into your heart? not just for justification, but for your sanctification, for the ongoing process, for you to start walking the trail, stubbing your toe, getting beat up by people, thorn in the side. Have you started that? I don't know, Scott, that didn't sound very exciting. Yeah, because you're worried about the output rather than the input. What are you getting on that path? You're getting God. 
First, foremost, sometimes only. But what will he do with you? The output comes later. And when God starts doing output, amazing happens. He's trying to get our attention. And he's like, poking us, prodding us, making noise. And we're saying, well, well, wait, wait, what's it going to be? I need more answers. And he's saying, look, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to drop stuff at your feet. Amen? Have you asked for the most important initial input? Christ in you. Uh, like 30 years ago, the definition, boom. More than 30 years ago. Ouch. Definition of Christian. Christian is one in whom Christ dwells. Have you asked for that? I referenced it earlier. He stands at the door and knock. Open the door. Let him in. And stop worrying on what's about what's outside the door. If that's you this morning, tell him. Then tell me. Amen? Lord, thanks, uh, thanks for James. Uh, thanks that um, sibling rivalry was not enough to turn him from you, but actually, Lord, gave him front row seats to see you, see your Father, be influenced by the Holy Spirit, and then give us direction with detail and passion. And uh, Lord, just thank you so much that he gives us uh, at least this first section that's just about us and you. No neighbors involved, no no others, no uh, politics, none of that extra outside stuff. It's just what's going on inside. Help us to see that. Help us to work on that, Lord. And if if you're here this morning and you've never done that, two words you could pray this morning. Come in. You tell God, come in. You've been outside, and I'm ready for you to come in. Guide me, heal me. Come in, Lord. Father, may that be all of our prayer beyond the initial, but in the everyday. We thank you for this church. Thank you for the offering we're about to receive and the things we get to do in your ministry, Lord, in this family. We praise in your son Jesus' name. Amen. counted like three or maybe four loses. May his input guide your doing. Amen. Go with him.